0: Howdy, howdy, my friends, and welcome to episode 279 of Keeping Up with the King as we make our way through the Book of Matthew. If you're joining us for the first time today, well, you're kind of joining us at the end. Um, so, hey, I would encourage you, go back to the beginning, 278 episodes back, and uh, start at the beginning, because the Book of Matthew was written in the order it was written in for the reason um, for the reasons that the author wrote it. Uh, as we've mentioned many times throughout the book of Matthew, as we've done the study that Matthew is a Jew, writing to the Jews about the king of the Jews and an unexpected king at that. And so, um, again, kind of understanding the context, understanding those those key points that the authors make, I think, is important. And and there's things that that play into what we see here at the end that tie into things that happened at the beginning uh, as um uh, narratives often do. There's those, those, uh, those, uh, those uh, points that were, or those uh, points that he's making at the end, things that are are going to be spoken about in the final verses that uh, are things that happen uh, earlier on. I guess that was kind of redundant. So anyway, uh, let's uh, pick up verse 16 and 17. I think it's what we're going to try to do today. And remember last time we read about how the uh, the chief priests and the, uh, the elders consulted together and they paid off the soldiers that guarded Christ's tomb to say that they fell asleep and that the disciples stole the body of Jesus. And now that would be kind of difficult um, of a situation. I mean, think about the story. It's not a very good lie, right? If you're going to lie saying, hey, we fell asleep and that guy stole the body. Well, if you're asleep, how do you know that that guy stole the body? It's not a very good lie. You know, the other day I had somebody lie to me. Uh, We had a group of kids at our camp, and there were two schools that were here um, for the week. And one school was fourth graders, and they were given very specific instructions by their teachers that they were not allowed to buy any candy at our snack bars or store. The other school that was here was a group of sixth graders who were allowed to buy whatever they wanted. And so during the week when kids would come to the window or come up to the, to the counter to buy something, uh, if they had candy, I would usually ask them, you know, what, what school are you from? And, uh, especially if they didn't look very big. So on the last day of the week, a kid came up and he had a bunch of candy dropped on the counter I looked at him. and He was a rather short child for a sixth grader. That would be probably normal for a fourth grader. But I said, um, what school are you from? And he goes, uh, the other school. Now, that's a pretty bad lie. <laughs> and I think he realized right away, like, oops, <laughs> because I said, uh, what's the name of your school? And he goes, um, uh, now every kid knows the name of their school. That's just the way it is. I remember when I was a preschooler, I knew the name of the school I went to so anyway he says well, i just started going there. i don't know the name of the school and i said i think you're lying to me are you lying to me no no then his friend walks in and i said do you know this guy and his friend goes oh yeah he goes to my school and i said what school do you go to and of course he tells me the name of the school which was the fourth grader school so anyway uh, all that to say that uh Yeah. Some lies are pretty easy to debunk. And when somebody says I fell asleep and that guy stole the, those guys stole the body. Well, you were asleep. And when somebody robs you, when you're asleep, you're going to have to make a pretty big assumption to know who it was that robbed you. And of course that's maybe what they decided like, Oh, it's a logical assumption or whatever, but that's where we left off last time. So this is then, um, kind of, Go again. This ties back to uh, what Jesus said to the women at at um, at the tomb, where he says, "Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me." Now, if you are familiar with the um, the resurrection of Jesus from the different gospels, you know that there's different details told in each one. And again, this is one of those things that sometimes bothers people because they go, "Well, how come Matthew doesn't talk about?" peter and john running to the tomb how come matthew doesn't talk about this and that and we don't really know why it just wasn't what he felt was important uh for the points in the narrative that he was sharing uh as john points out in his gospel like he couldn't say everything that jesus did he, he couldn't share everything uh you know and he, he goes on to say you know if, if everything that he did was written down all the books in the world couldn't hold it but uh we're not you know We're not told by Matthew. I I left out a bunch of details here because uh, these are the reasons. He just goes and he talks about what he deems is necessary to talk about. So he skips ahead then to where the disciples, it says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now this is kind of tricky because there are those that are going to say, well, it's talking about the eleven disciples went into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus was appointed to them. So Jesus said, "Meet you know, go to this place." So they go, and some of them doubted. And so some believe that this is talking about Thomas because you know, there's that the story where Thomas doubts you know, when the resurrection of Jesus. But but that that happens prior to Galilee, so there there that doesn't seem to fit really well. Uh, there are others that say what this is talking about is that the eleven went into Galilee. Um, But also, there are other disciples that go, because it talks about in the book of Acts that Jesus appeared to uh, 500 people. I'm sorry, not not Acts, uh, 1 Corinthians, rather. But nonetheless, um, this is something that... that, um, that many people believe that this is what he's talking about, that this is that, that point in time where Jesus appeared to 500 and, and, out of that group, some doubted. Now, what what I take um, from this or what I, what I was thinking about when I read this was that, you know, a lot of people say, well, if I just, if I could just see Jesus, if I just had an experience with him, then I would believe, you know, then I could believe it, but I have all these doubts. I have all these doubts. And so this, because I've thought that way before. I remember thinking that way in my younger years, and and I guess what what I come back to on this one is, you know, even those who did see him resurrected, some of them doubted. And so, what what do we do with that? Well, I was reminded of of um, Mark chapter nine. And in Mark chapter nine, um, there's a this this great story that I'll just read it to you. Verse twenty one. Um, actually, back up a little bit. Uh, Verse 20 of Mark chapter 9, it says, then they brought to Jesus, uh, oh, sorry, Uh, I I guess I better back up a little bit more. (laughs) Uh, Verse 17 says, then one in the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to Jesus. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell to the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So Jesus asked his father, How long has this been happening? And he said, From childhood. And often he has thrown himself both into the fire and into the water to destroy him, But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help him. And Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Now, if you know the story, Jesus goes on to cast out this demon. But I love this, and I've held on to this, um, and I've gone back to this many times in my own life. Sometimes I think we forget to ask Jesus to pray for those things, you know, to, to go to God for those things that we need. And I don't mean in a, in a big sense, like, Oh Lord, I need transportation, you know, or Lord, I need divine healing for cancer. I'm talking about things like, I'm just, I just have doubt. So Lord, help me with my doubt. Lord, I, I just, I'm struggling with the motivation to follow you so you can pray and say lord lord i pray that you would build in me a hunger and a desire to know you more lord help me with this lack of motivation lord help me with with my uh whatever maybe you're reading the bible and you're just like i just don't get this you know you can pray and say lord help me to understand i mean we should do that anyway lord give me wisdom help me to see what you're saying here Help me to understand what the author uh, was was trying to communicate to me, and help me to understand how this applies to my life. You know, we we can pray for those those things. And I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes I forget about that, and I'll sit and I'll be in a funk, rather than praying and saying, "God, help me get out of my funk." You know, help me to get out of this. You know, Lord, help me with this this um, this mood I've been in. Help me with you know, help me with with my little things you know because here's the thing those little things aren't aren't usually little things you know they're the big things that affect our lives and so here, here's this man who just says you no know, you know tells him up, you know talks about believing right where, where he says if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes And he's like well i i believe but you know he recognizes that in him there's this this unbelief And so he says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. So I would encourage you today, if there's something that you've been struggling with, if you've been struggling with doubts, if you've been struggling with fears, to say, Lord, help me with my fears. Help me with my doubts. Help me with the struggles I'm having with this, with the unknown. Help me with these, this relationship. You know, those, those things that that maybe seem to you like things that you should be able to do on your own. Nothing is too small to take to the Lord today. God bless you. Talk to you next time.